Good morning, and welcome to our online service for this Palm Sunday. I'd invite you to turn in your Bibles to Psalm 34 as we continue our study of the Psalms this morning. Now, as Psalm 34's heading tells us, this psalm was written by David in a particular time in his life. You can see it says there at the top of Psalm 34, of David, when he changed his behavior before Abimelech so that he drove him out and he went away. You see, David was not yet king of Israel when he wrote this psalm. As you remember, as a young man, David had been anointed by Samuel to become the king of Israel, and yet David had to wait for the Lord's timing. Now, David was closely associated with the royal family as he grew up. He was close friends with Jonathan, the king's son, and yet the current king, King Saul, was jealous of David. As David had more and more success in battle, the people began to sing a little song that made Saul's blood boil. They would sing, Saul has struck down his thousands, but David his ten thousands. And so Saul sought to have David killed. In a moment of rage, Saul pursued David and threw his spear after him. And so David fleed from Saul. But Saul sent soldiers to follow after David and to have him killed. And so he went to the city of Gath in the region of the Philistines for protection. Now, once he is in Gath, King Achish, or as he is referred to in Psalm 34, Abimelech, becomes jealous of David. And he has hostile intentions towards him. So David must change his behavior. He must pretend to be insane so that the king will let him go. And as he flees out of Gath, he must go back into Israel, back into a world of danger, back into the unknown with Saul continuing to pursue him. And in the midst of all this, he writes Psalm 34. And he says in verse 1, I will bless the Lord at all times. His praise shall continually be in my mouth. Really, David? Really? As you are being pursued by Saul on one side, as you are being driven out of Gath on the other side, can you really bless the Lord at all times? In the midst of stress and anxiety and hardship, in the midst of disappointment and frustration, David, can you really declare that you can bless the Lord at all times? For he has jumped from the frying pan into the fire, and now from the fire back into the frying pan, as it were. But he says, I will bless the Lord at all times. And life doesn't become any easier for David as he leaves Gath. Saul continues to viciously pursue him. Saul slaughters the priests of Nob because they helped David escape from this pursuit. David has to return to Gath for a season, but he is eventually thrown out again because of the Philistines' great hatred for him. Then his family is captured in a raid, and his own people seek to have him stoned. And yet he can still say, I will bless the Lord at all times. But how? How can he say, 
I will bless the Lord at all times. And how can we, like David, say that we will bless the Lord at all times? Now there are times when it's easy to bless the Lord. There are times when praise flows from our mouths because we're experiencing great blessing in this life. We can see evidence of God's grace and His favor. Nevertheless, there are times when we frankly are not keen to bless the Lord. Life is hard. You're separated from friends and family. You lose your job. You lose your health. You're isolated in your home, wishing that someone could come and visit you. Or you're stuck in your home with your family, and everyone is wishing that they could just leave. And this is what Psalm 34 is addressing. How can God's people bless Him at all times, even when times are hard? And what we will see in our psalm is that every Christian can rejoice at all times because Christ is ever-present to save. So hear now the word of the Lord in Psalm 34. Of David, when he changed his behavior before Abimelech, so that he drove him out and he went away. I will bless the Lord at all times. His praise shall continually be in my mouth. My soul makes its boast in the Lord. Let the humble hear and be glad. O magnify the Lord with me and let us exalt His name together. I sought the Lord and He answered me and delivered me from all my fears. Those who look to Him are radiant. Their faces shall never be ashamed. This poor man cried and the Lord heard him and saved him out of all his troubles. The angel of the Lord encamps around those who fear him and delivers them. O taste and see that the Lord is good. Blessed is the man who takes refuge in him. O fear the Lord, you his saints, for those who fear him have no lack. The young lions suffer want and hunger, but those who seek the Lord lack no good thing. Come, O children, listen to me. I will teach you the fear of the Lord. What man is there who desires life, who loves many days, that he may see good? Keep your tongue from evil and your lips from speaking deceit. Turn away from evil and do good. Seek peace and pursue it. The eyes of the Lord are toward the righteous, and his ears toward their cry. The face of the Lord is against those who do evil, to cut off the memory of them from the earth. When the righteous cry for help, the Lord hears and delivers them out of all their troubles. The Lord is near to the brokenhearted and saves the crushed in spirit. Many are the afflictions of the righteous, but the Lord delivers him out of them all. He keeps all his bones, not one of them is broken. Affliction will slay the wicked and those who hate the righteous will be condemned. The Lord redeems the life of his servants. None of those who take refuge in him will be condemned. The grass withers and the flower fades, but the word of the Lord remains forever. Let us pray. Father God, we come to you now on this Palm Sunday. We thank you, Lord, that you give to us your word, that in the midst of hardship, we may learn 
how we might bless your name at all times. Guide us, we pray, O God, by your word and spirit, that in your light we may see light, in your truth find freedom, and in your will discover your peace. Through Jesus Christ our Lord. Amen. I once heard a man say, little prayer, little power. More prayer, more power. Much prayer, much power. And I believe the same thing could be said about our joy. Little prayer, little joy. More prayer, more joy. Much prayer, much joy. You see, there is a vital connection between our prayers and our ability to bless the Lord at all times. And we see this expressed in verses 4 through 7 of our text. If you look down, beginning in verse 4, there we read, I sought the Lord, and he answered me and delivered me from all my fears. Those who look to him are radiant. Their faces shall never be ashamed. This poor man cried, and the Lord heard him and saved him out of all his troubles. Here we see three ways that prayer is described and three results from that prayer. First, we see that David describes his prayer as seeking the Lord. The word seeking means to diligently pursue in a repetitive manner. And it's exemplified by the parable of the persistent widow. If you remember, Jesus was teaching his disciples that they ought to pray and not lose heart, but to cry out to God day and night. And he told them this parable of a widow who went every day to demand justice from a certain judge. Now, at first, this judge refused for what type of kickback, what kind of bribe could he get from a poor widow? But after a while, he just got annoyed with this woman coming to him day after day after day. And so finally, he gave in to her request so that she would just leave him alone. How much more then will God, our Father, who loves us, who desires our good, listen to our prayers if we diligently seek after him? Second. In verse 5, David describes his prayer as looking, looking to the Lord. You see, prayer must be an intentional turning away from any good that we can accomplish by our own power and look to the Lord as the sole source of good and deliverance and salvation in our lives. Like the prayer of King Jehoshaphat, as Judah, the country of Judah, faced a foe far too great for them to defeat. We read in 2 Chronicles chapter 20, For we are powerless against this great horde that is coming against us. We do not know what to do, but our eyes are on you. If you would bless the Lord at all times, you must look to the Lord in prayer when things are going well, but even more when things are at their hardest. And third, in verse 6, David describes his prayer as a poor man crying to the Lord. To bless the Lord at all times, we must cry 
We must cry to the Lord as a poor man. There needs to be a desperation to our prayers. For prayers that come from a place of worldly contentment are not powerful prayers. Let me repeat that. If you are content with what this world has to offer, then you will not persistently look to the Lord and cry out to Him. For there must be a holy dissatisfaction with the brokenness of this world and the poverty of your own soul if you would cry out to God and know the joy of His salvation. You know that when a mother bear hears her cubs playing, she's fine to leave them to their own devices. But when one of her cubs cry out, she comes running with all of her ferocity to save her cubs. And how much more does the Lord come with all of his power to save his people when they cry out to him? Why must we seek, look to, cry out, pray to the Lord to bless him at all times? Because when we pray to the Lord in our times of hardship, we will experience His salvation. He will deliver us from all of our fears. Our faces will be radiant with joy. And as verse 7 tells us, the angel of the Lord encamps around those who fear Him and delivers them. How can we rejoice in the midst of our troubles and hardship? We can rejoice as we pray because we know that the Lord will deliver all who persistently call out to Him for salvation. Now the first time that I visited Natural Bridge, I was frankly shocked. I had seen pictures of it. Nevertheless, I really didn't think it was going to be that impressive. I thought it was just kind of a a local place to go and visit. But I was blown away by how impressive the scope of Natural Bridge was when I saw it in person. I'm sure that many of you have experienced something similar. Whether it was the first time you saw the Grand Canyon or the Rocky Mountains. Maybe it was the first time you tasted a steak that was actually properly prepared or when you ate pie from Woodruff's for the first time. No matter how well something is described to you, nothing can replace experiencing it for yourself. The next thing that our psalm is teaching us is that if you would bless the Lord at all times, you must have a personal experience of His goodness. Look at verse 8 of our text. It says, Oh, taste and see that the Lord is good. Blessed is the man who takes refuge in him. Now, in using the word taste, David is drawing the reader to an experiential knowledge of God that goes beyond knowledge about God to knowing God himself. You can see a picture of Mount Rainier in Washington State, but until you behold the mountain firsthand with your own eyes, you will never really understand its grandeur. And you can learn much about the Lord through reading His Word, through sermons and Sunday school classes. You can learn much about Him from books on theology and Christian history, but until you experience God personally, you do not know Him. 
until His goodness has been revealed immediately to your heart by the regenerating work of the Holy Spirit, you will not know Him truly. But when you are born again by the power of the Spirit, you will come to know the goodness of God yourself. And when you know Him, you will love Him. You will desire Him. You will crave Him. You will be both satisfied for the first time in your life and given an unquenchable desire to have more and more and more of Him for all eternity. If you're craving if your desire in this world is for security and wealth, if your heart yearns for control and stability, then you will not be able to bless the Lord at all times. Why? Because God will not give you those things at all times. He will not give you security and wealth all the time. He will not give you control and stability always. Now, He is kind and gracious to us. And many of us are given security and health for a time. Even in this midst of our hardship right now, we have food and we have shelter. God is gracious to us. However, in His wise providence, He will also take such things away from His children. He will cause us to suffer want and hardship. And He will even cause us to suffer disease. And it is in these moments that we see if we love God's gifts or if we love God himself. If we are willing to serve him because he gives us health and wealth or if we serve him because he is our heart's desire, because he is the wealth that we desire more than anything else in this world. In this life, we will all experience forms of hardship and deprivation even the strongest of us. We read this in verse 10. Even the young lions suffer want and hunger. Even the strongest among us will suffer want and hunger, but those who seek the Lord lack no good thing. Those who have personally experienced the goodness of the Lord can praise Him at all times because His goodness is ever present to save them. We may hunger for bread, but we will never lack our heart's desire if our heart's desire is the Lord. Now the third thing, that we see in our psalm, is that if we would bless the Lord at all times, we must be dedicated to prayer, we must experience His goodness, and we must obey His commands. Look down, starting in verse 11. There we read, Children, O come and listen to me, and I will teach you the fear of the Lord. What man is there who desires life and loves many days that he may see good? Keep your tongue from evil and your lips from speaking deceit. Turn away from evil and do good. Seek peace and pursue it. To listen to a teacher is to obey his teaching. It's not merely just to hear the words with your ears. When David writes, listen to me, what he is saying is, do what I'm telling you to do, obey my words. In particular, we see two forms of obedience 
here in these verses. One is obedience to keep our tongue from evil. That is, that we cannot speak evil against our neighbor and at the same time bless the Lord, even as we are taught in the New Testament. And second, we must obey the Lord with our actions. We must turn away from evil. We must do good. We must pursue peace. Now, there is much that could be said concerning obedience, but there is not much more that needs to be said than we hear in the hymn, Trust and obey, for there is no other way to be happy in Jesus than to trust and obey. Now, we need to be clear. We're not talking about works righteousness. We're not speaking of legalism whereby you earn God's acceptance and goodness because you have performed well. Rather, we are speaking of the joy of a son who willingly obeys his father. The joy of submitting to the way of Christ, even as the Lord Jesus has told us his people to do. For he tells us in the book of John, if you keep my commandments, you will abide in my love just as I have kept my Father's commandments and abide in His love. These things I have spoken to you that my joy may be in you and that your joy may be full. Why does Jesus command us to obey? So that our joy would be full. We must obey if we would bless the Lord at all times. You see, to bless the Lord at all times, we must be dedicated to prayer. We must experience His goodness. We must obey His commands. And the final thing I want you to see is that if you would bless the Lord at all times, you must trust His saving purposes. Throughout Psalm 34, we have seen evidence of the Lord's deliverance and salvation We can see this if we scan through a few verses. Verse 4, the Lord delivered me from all my fears. Verse 6, he saved him out of all his troubles. Verse 7, the angel of the Lord encamps around those who fear him and delivers them. Verse 17, the Lord hears and delivers them out of all their troubles. Verse 18, he saves the crushed in spirit. Verse 19, many are the afflictions of the righteous, but the Lord delivers him out of them all. Verse 22, the Lord redeems the life of his servants. None of those who take refuge in him will be condemned. You see, the way that David was able to bless the Lord at all times was because he trusted the deliverance, the salvation of God. He had faith that no matter how difficult the situation, the Lord would save him from his hardships. For the Lord had promised that David would be king of Israel. He had been anointed to this task, and therefore he knew that Saul may throw his spear at him, but the spear would not kill him. He knew that the soldiers may pursue him, but they would never overtake him. He knew that King Achish could seek to kill him, but he would not be successful. He knew that the people could not stone him even if they desired to. Yes, there would be hardships. Yes, there would be pain. Yes, there would be disappointment and fear. However, by faith in the promises of God, David could say, many are the afflictions of the righteous, but the Lord delivers them out of them all. He keeps all his bones not one of them is broken. 
Now, I want you to hold that last phrase in your mind for a second. He keeps all his bones, not one of them is broken. You see, this is how we come to bless the Lord at all times. We trust in his ever-present salvation given to us in the Lord Jesus Christ. For by his death on the cross, the Lord Jesus won for his people salvation from their sin and freedom from the power of death. A promise was made to all who repent of their sin and trust in Christ alone for their salvation, that there is therefore now no condemnation for those who are in Christ Jesus. If you would bless the Lord at all times, you must trust this redemption won by Christ and the promise of no condemnation for sin. For all have sinned and deserve the condemnation of the wicked, but Christ offers to all who trust in him forgiveness and salvation. For those who trust in the redemption of Christ can bless the Lord at all times because all things are working together for our good so that we would be delivered out of the kingdom of darkness into the kingdom of God's beloved Son. The week before the Lord Jesus was crucified, we read that he rode into Jerusalem on the back of a donkey, showered with the praise of the people. In John chapter 12, we read this. So they took branches of palm trees and went out to meet him, crying out, Hosanna, blessed is he who comes in the name of the Lord, even the King of Israel. Now the Lord knew what was ahead. He knew he was going into Jerusalem to suffer and to die, to be crowned with thorns and not with gold. So how could he rejoice with the people when he knew the affliction that was coming? How could he celebrate when agony was ahead? Well, he could because he trusted the promise of the Father. Just as David had been promised that he would be king of Israel, so too had Jesus, the son of David had been promised that he would sit on the throne of his father, David, forever. And he knew that even death could not stop God from keeping his promise that he would set the Lord Jesus Christ upon an eternal throne. And so he rejoiced on Palm Sunday, even though he knew Good Friday was coming. For he knew Psalm 34. He knew that he would fulfill all of its promises, even down to the last detail. For even as we read in John 19, but when they came to Jesus and saw that he was already dead, they did not break his legs. He who saw it has borne witness. His testimony is true, and he knows that he is telling the truth, that you also may believe For these things took place that the scripture might be fulfilled. Not one of his bones will be broken. That is how the Lord Jesus Christ could bless God the Father at all times. Because even the death of Jesus was under the sovereign control of God the Father, down to the detail that in his death not even one of his bones would be broken. And though he died, 
He died trusting the Lord would not abandon him to the grave, but that he would rise again victorious over death and reign on the throne of David and over all the world forever and ever. And this ultimately is how we can praise the Lord at all times. Because all of our enemies have been defeated through Jesus Christ. And while we may endure hardship now, we rejoice in our hardship, for we know the salvation of the Lord Jesus Christ is ever present to deliver us from all our fears and all of our troubles through the victory won by our King, our Lord Jesus Christ. In the name of the Father, and of the Son, and of the Holy Spirit. Amen. Let us pray. Father God, we come to you now and we pray that the truth of your word and the power of your promises would be applied to our lives, that we, like King David, might trust that your promises are so steadfast and sure that we need not fear they will ever be broken. And though there is much hardship and trial in our lives, especially in this season, let us hold on to the truth of the promise that we have in the Lord Jesus Christ, that he is ever present to save, and that we will be with him and with one another for all eternity. We pray this through Christ's holy name. Amen.